It might be President's Day, but there's only one Dame. <laughs> I totally forgot it was President's Day. I was like, it is? Okay. Probably because we're ladies, and since we're not a fucking part of the list, we're like, fuck this shit. Fuck well, hell it. Hell. Yeah. Um, I've got a full plate these days between searching for mushrooms and crying over a show about mutant ones. <laughs> oh, you guys. If you know, you know. Listen, I don't know that the name of this episode is going to be spoiler alert, but I do have to say we are going to talk a little bit about The Last of Us, I think. Yeah. Don't put that on me if you haven't watched don't it. Don't put that on me. Fast if you haven't watched it, fast forward a little bit. You'll know when you hear Melissa, Teresa... Candy, Giselle, that's the time in which you know the last of us really means the last of people, the last of our hope that um, all things will work out for Teresa, Melissa, and the Joes. Um, you guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode, I don't know. We're, we're right around the corner for AG400. More on that to come. Wow. But in the meantime, so glad about one of my favorite guests who I have cried to about The Last of Us. And we are going to talk through some of our thoughts and feels. Her tagline for her, I thought you were about to joke on your coffee just there in that Zoom. Her Instagram bio for her account is just a glimmer into this shining ray of light. If Keep Dateline and Sport, <laughs> If Dateline and Sports Center had a Bravo baby, this person would be born. Welcome back to Andy's Girls. Bravo, bravo, ducking, bravo. How are you? I am so good. Full disclosure, high as a kite. Are you high? Day high. I got day high. It's President's Day, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, do we say, I know it's like the first time we've ever had President's Day. Do you say to someone, like, happy President's happy Day? President's Why President's Day. Day. Happy uh, President's Day to no. the nine million men of all the words I've ever of our country. spoken. I don't think those words have come out of my mouth until today. So happy President's right? Day. It's, it's like it's President's Day yeah. is what it is. It's yeah. President's Day. And so to all the presidents of these United States out there. Man, um, don't get me. Man. I'm high right now. Don't get me started. I'll start going off. I really will. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, it's kind of an interesting time also known as a terrible time yeah, in which to is. talk about really anything of anything because people just look for divisiveness as a way to uh, as an excuse to enact cruelty and let me say about that too they're just trying to separate us because if we were paying attention we'd all be unified yeah, I mean, let's take some of that energy into the real housewives of New Jersey, shall we? Because yes. holy shit this weekend was it even yesterday that it happened i like literally don't remember when this occurred because it felt like instagram blew up a little bit but something did happen that i, I feel like it get... was this morning was it this morning i feel like did it was it that recent this morning <gasps> was it no i think it happened yesterday because i think i posted about it i posted about it last night and people are continuing to rage against the machine so 
we got to talk about this moment because I think it does encapsulate a lot of uh, what's going on a la Real Housewives of New Jersey, which is the fact that Melissa and Joe, and I think they're kids, but I literally have absolutely no idea. So maybe not. Melissa and Joe went on vacay to the Bahamas and Joe, Joey Gorka, also known as Joe Gorka. Um, what's Joe Gorga's nickname? Does, does Joe Gorga, he's not Juicy Joe. That's Joe, Judy, J, Judy, J, Judice. Does Joe Gorga have a nickname? I don't, brother, I I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. So Joe Gorga, um, nicknameless gentleman, walked into a restaurant somewhere in the Bahamas and um, was surprised to see Juicy Joe. So they had a hug. They seemed to be in a good mood, good spirit. So Joe Gorga took to Instagram to show this hug and moment of them seeing each other after Lord knows how many years and Lord knows how many goddamn battles, physical, online, through media, through the press, whatever, through their family, obviously. Um, So it was like a moment of them smiling. Someone took a video of this, I assume, in Joe's group. And Joe Gorga posted the video and said, both walked into the same bar at the same time. A lot of history there. We have memories since we were kids. I'm happy he's doing well and looks good. We were both happy to see each other and catch up. Glad someone caught it. Hashtag life. Hashtag R-H-O-N-J. People immediately started commenting, shock, and um, I mean, a lot of critiques on all sides. A lot of critiques. A lot of critiques. One of those came from Gia, Juicy Joe's daughter. Gia clocked in. Who said, Gia clocked in for for work last night slash whenever this fucking happened, because it feels like every day is a nightmare. Gia said, this is honestly comical knowing you were with him for not even five minutes and were able to have somebody take a video of the interaction. Meanwhile, all you have done is talked so poorly about my father. You are such an opportunist to take advantage of the once in a lifetime opportunity to see my father and use it for a post. Joe responded to that and said, we both said horrible things about each other. It was a nice moment. We have a lot of history. Get the hate out of your heart, which as a sidebar update was something that Melissa had posted Mm -hmm. and then deleted. And then Joe, nicknameless Joe Gorga, then posted the same thing. Melissa has since said uh, that was Joe writing it initially. He had my phone in his hand and didn't even realize he was writing it on my phone. I was showing him Gia's comment. So anyway, lots to say. Multi-layered. Bravo, bravo. Ducking, bravo. What are your thoughts? So my original thought when I read it all and even now is that it seems that Gia and Teresa is and, you know, by relationship, Louis. Biggest beef is that they keep doing things on camera and not do, wanting to do things off camera. Like when Teresa <clears throat> says she invited them on her 50th birthday, but they didn't mm. want to come. And I guess wanted to meet up with them several times and they didn't want to meet up with her, but then they wanted to do things like on camera. Um, I don't know. I, I get what she's saying. 
But like you're yeah. gonna you're gonna run into him, interact with each other for just a moment, but you're gonna make sure you get that on video and post it. So that's that whole thirsty. Like from the very beginning, it was like you tried to get on the show. You're thirsty. You're doing this. You're thirsty, and you know Jersey Jersey is it's a war zone. You really got to pick a side, and the fans are passionate one way or the other. Yeah, and I think the thing that's so unfortunate is like, listen, there's a lot of history and a lot of hate between these two men. They've said a lot about each other. They've also said a lot about each other in the media, which is something that Gia, as we saw on last season of New Jersey, has been very upset by. She's been very upset about how her father has been spoken of by her aunt and uncle. The flip side of that is that Juicy Joe has also done a fair amount of clickbait. Oh, he has. He gives, yeah. which is like, I don't know why Juicy Joe being like Lincoln bio for like my reaction to stuff is so funny to me. It's hilarious. But it is. But he will say whatever for a check. And so they have both done this. Obviously, he doesn't have the platform of housewives to do it, and it's not necessarily a part of his scope of work, but he has said things in seasons past when he was still married to Teresa and most recently has spoken to various media outlets for a couple shekels. And so I think that's a little bit difficult when it comes to, you know, Mm -hmm. this is one-sided because I think – The sad thing here is that there really isn't only and ever one side that's entirely right and entirely wrong. And I think this is where people, including myself, including all of us, like sometimes misstep because I really do. I saw this happen and I saw Gia's comment and I was like, Oh, shit. Like, I get it. Like, and I also get Joe posting and like thinking like this is a nice moment. It really is like watching an interfamily fight. He just. Yeah, I ignore family fights in my own fucking family. because I don't like I literally am. um, What's that called? My psychiatrist would know. I it's like I fucking um, put stuff to the side like I. um. Oh my God, what's the term? I've only been in therapy for 800 years. I, uh, like as a trauma res- mm, no, like as a trauma response, I, um, like ignore problem, like to a high, 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 <laughs> extremely <Okay>. high degree. <laughs> and so, like, when it comes to this stuff, we're so tuned in that it's impossible for us to kind of like, ignore these moments Mm -hmm. and it's also impossible for I'm sure these people because it's their lives it's their family it's also for some of them their career and their jobs it's like impossible to ignore the ways that they feel every marker of a person's behavior is manipulative that person whomever we don't know who it was taking the video that person in Joe's circle according to Gia only took the video as a way because they were thinking ahead of themselves one step ahead this is a great thing to post and maybe the flip side is someone in Joe's circle was like oh my god I can't believe this moment is happening Mm -hmm. this is so incredible let's take a video and maybe Joe is thinking I'm posting it because it's a moment of us coming together after however many years and the flip side of that is he's only posting it yes 
to make it look like a bigger reunion than what it actually was, which was two people who used to be family saying hi. Yeah. And that's the thing with a family fight is that you, you know, someone or you feel like you do, or you've been affronted and you've had all this history. And so you're assuming intent the whole time with everything that happens. Well, she only came to my birthday party because she wanted to be on camera or she only did this because she wanted to do it off camera. Like, it's just, you have to trust at some point and they're not there. And I don't know if they ever will be. I don't know either. What what makes me really sad, I don't remember if this was, it had to have been a Watch What Happens, I think, with Teresa, where Andy was asking, how are the cousins? Like, how are the cousins? Because, listen, these kids are growing up. They're much more aware of what's going on. They also all have social media Mm. profiles, which is, I feel like, a fucking village elder saying that. I feel so old. I feel so so I can't I literally mean. I can't and now I see like people way older than me killing it at TikTok and I'm like you guys are I, my brain was not meant like my brain was not meant for this life it literally was even not just watching life. the Jersey premiere and seeing we were I was I remember I yelled out we were at that baby's christening and he's walking around <laughs> he's walking around like with his own thoughts it. doing stuff and I'm like oh man I feel old I felt I felt like older then when the episode came out, like, look at me, I'm an adult. And now this child is almost an adult. It's freaky. And that also, I honestly think influences are some of our responses to seeing interactions like this, because there's a part of me that's like, Gia is always going to be that little girl. I know. Gia is always going to be that little girl crying about Yes, uncle and mom. It's so (laughs) fucked. Like Like, Gia's trauma that we have witnessed. It's really not okay in a lot of ways. Like it's really sad. Yeah. We have seen the worst moments in her life. Makes me want to cry just thinking about it. Yes. Be shown. It's really devastating. And so to watch her, I know she wants to and is standing up for her father. She feels mm-hmm. like it is now her responsibility. Maybe she feels like the elder to be that elder um, person mm-hmm. in her family, especially because her dad, her parents have since divorced and her dad is literally no longer in the country. I wonder how much of that um, pressure, honestly. I think a ton. I think a ton. I mean, first of right? all, the pressure of the oldest daughter is, you know, legendary. Mm. Everyone knows. Right. So that's already there. And then she lived through <clears throat> one parent going to prison, the other one coming out, and the other one going in. The constant through all of that is her at the top of the, you know, chain of her siblings. And we're going to be okay. And everything that happened. So, yeah, Gia is, um, she's been through a lot. And so, I, I, you know, she really is part of the show. And she, she's always going to defend Teresa. It's a beautiful thing. And uh, yeah, that's that's sad to see them fight all the time, though. I also think it's tough because in so many ways, I understand her frustration and anger. Yeah, absolutely. Hearing her uncle and possibly on, it's really more her uncle, though, speak poorly of her dad Mm -hmm. because her father was taken away from her. And I feel like sometimes I can only imagine if I was in her position feeling additionally wounded in hearing someone speak ill of my dad, knowing that like, I already feel like he's been taken away from me. Mm -hmm. Please don't try to take away otherwise positive memories that I have. And there's a split that happens. I think for many of us, 
as adults. Maybe it happened to some people when they were kids. Maybe it hasn't happened to others where we start to look at our parents as imperfect people. And I think it's a process. For me, it's been difficult and challenging and has ebbed and flowed throughout my life. And I think a part of that is like forgiving the parts of them that have been um, imperfect, but like imperfect doesn't really categorize, Mm -hmm. like forgiving the parts of them that have maybe hurt me, you know, and seeing like we have hurt each other as people. And also it's a family relationship and a dynamic that is not easy to describe, as I say some words out loud. (laughs) And I think for Gia, that process, she's still so young. She's in her early 20s. I think that process has to be so difficult to go through when the entirety, when so much of your family's life has been on camera Mm -hmm. and has involved a lot of people who are strangers having very strong opinions about your parents. I wonder how that otherwise almost natural process of like disconnecting a little bit in order to connect in a different way, possibly even more fully as adults with your parents, how that can be affected by reality TV. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, the way that even even more so, even more so, but the way that people track, you know, the monarchy or celebrities and their niche community, their affairs and their Mm -hmm. she didn't pay her taxes, whatever it is. And people have strong opinions about that through the end of time. Gia is experiencing that, but even with, you know, the royals and even with celebrities, we are less exposed to what the child is going through. Right. We saw so much of Gia and about her and her feelings, you know, issues with, you know, her uncle and her aunt from a very young age. And so we've been witness to that, which is, I don't know that there's any other platform or vehicle to that kind of insight into, you know, family dynamics involving, you know, the minors of the family and the matriarchs and so on. So it's, it's kind of wild, just like sociologically, if you think about it, like the things that we bear witness to. Yeah, that's such a great point. And I also wonder, you know, I think about like the work that Jennifer Garner has done, one of many. Who doesn't really who doesn't just randomly think about the work that Jennifer Garner has done? I mean, literally talk about an angel, God, angel, talk about a, an angel living on this. Earth. That woman. I actually, this is so fucking nuts. But I was in such a, cab. a fan. I was in a cab 800 years ago and we were going through Central Park Zoom. I'm sure I was like late for something. Did you I shoulder roll am. out? Did you see her in shoulder roll out? This is how this is how sick I am in the head and how many Not years at all. my childhood, the entirety of my life on people.com. I saw a brunette as I was zo- as my cab driver was going eight million miles. I saw a brunette with like tousled. T- how do you say that word? Tousled. Tousled is fine. Whatever. I sometimes words and I are not friends. I saw a, the the back of a woman. Sarah, was okay? it not her? <laughs> No, it was a hundred percent her. Oh, like thank that's God. how unwell oh, I am. Thank God. I no, you like a cop. I knew it was her. her. No, no, no. And I was in a cab, so it was like I only saw her for two seconds, and I said, "That's Jennifer Garner." And then she turned around, and I was like, "That's Jennifer Garner." That's amazing. Just like, um, what's his face with the white hair who was in the Batman movies? Uh, Michael Caine. I saw the hmm. back of Michael Caine in South Beach many, many years ago, and I said, "That's Michael Caine." And my mom's like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" Turns around, it's Michael, Caine. and he was. 
I don't know. Like it didn't make any sense why I would know that this Sarah, random. You know what that is? You know what that's called? You can't buy it. It's called situational awareness. And it's worth its weight in gold. You just have, you're always paying attention to what's going on around you. You notice things. It's a good thing. Not really personal. Like I don't, I'm not aware of my own <laughs> situational awareness. Surrounding. But I am aware of celebrities. <laughs> I'm aware of I'm aware of the celebrity surroundings. All this to say Jennifer Garner has done a lot of work of lobbying around protection and privacy for the children of notable figures, including Hollywood families and uh, the, you know, there are some media outlets, including, I believe, people that banded together after a long period of lobbying and said, we are not going to show faces of kids in the like paparazzi style, you know, like shots on the street or whatever, as we used to, which is important. And it was all about protecting the privacy of children. Now, reality TV, let alone reality TV that is family based, where it's supposed to be about the family, you know, that the entirety of that person's life is different. There are a few housewives who not entirely because of their choice, but because of divorce stipulations, whatever else, have not shown their kids on camera. I'm thinking of Bethany. I'm thinking of Sonia. I'm thinking of Brandy Glanville. And with this stuff, it's it's tough to kind of work through because obviously people are going to criticize Gia's choices, what she says on social. She is also technically an adult I also though think of her as a child and I just think so much was lost here because as a result of her parents choices which led to prison camp stuff as a result of their choice to participate in reality tv you know a lot of benefits have come their way but I also wonder like in some of these moments could she have been better protected yeah, I mean, there's a there's an account that I follow. I'm going to mess it up. I have to go look it up. Um, but it's this lady's big thing is kids are not content because it's a whole mm. new era that we're in. It's a completely new era. And, right. you know, let's just say, I don't know, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, if you went on a vacation um, and you had years ago. six kids or something and you had such a good time on your vacation, like somebody would have to physically look at photos to see a summary of your trip. Right, right. But now you just post everything and like it's very interesting because there are so many accounts who from a good natured place post, you know, their kids and everything that's happening, but what's starting to happen, I don't know if you're following this or not, is there's a young woman who was exposed um online and by that I just mean like her life, like her from infancy through young adulthood online, her mom with just like everything, smile for the camera, smile for the camera, smile, okay, right? And she's right now trying to change laws to make it so that you cannot, without a child's consent, post all this mm-hmm. stuff about them. I think they have to be 16 or something and tell you yes. Um, because she's like, you know, giving this testimony and she's weeping and she's saying like, for the rest of my life, if you search my name, you will see video of me from the time I'm an infant all the way throughout, like falling off my bike, brushing my teeth, whatever it is. And she's like, and I can't control it. I can't pull it off, even if I want to. So I apply for a job, whatever. People see my how I reacted to whatever, when I was scared, when I was sad, all of it. She's like, I don't want it on there. I hate it. And so that to me is interesting too. And we haven't seen it yet um, to where a reality 
child has said, I hated the show. I wish I could take it off. I don't want to be on it. Um, but who knows? It might happen. I think we saw that with like the Duggar stuff. I think some of those kids, as they've separated from their family oh, yeah. adults, have talked about, and that gets into very serious and, and dark, sad places because of what some of those um, now adult children have experienced. Um, but they are choosing to share their story. And consent is so interesting because a child's awareness of you know, what does this even mean? Like having a camera follow your family around, it becomes, as many of these people have discussed, like second nature. You don't even realize these people are there or the crew become family. There are cast members of various housewife franchises talking about how fortunate they feel that their families' lives and childhoods, especially if circumstances have changed, they're so happy that they have like this memory you know this time mm -hmm. capsule and i can and, see that for sure that's right amazing yeah and i also think it's probably really challenging to make those decisions because so much of life is documented like even if you weren't on reality tv that is just the way that people share now it's mm -hmm. the way that people influence you can monetize it as so many have so successfully done and it's just the gia of it all i think is complicated for so many of us because she is an adult. She has the right to make her decisions of how she feels that she must, in quotes with asterisks, defend her family. And she has the right to have a lot of anger. Um, a lot of that hasn't been explored. A lot of that maybe is something that they're keeping private, understandably so. It's just tough to watch some of this because people have the right to criticize an adult speaking out and have an opinion and agree with Gia or disagree with Gia, but she's representative in so many ways, I mm -hmm. think, for our own experiences watching Housewives and watching these kids develop. And I think she and her sisters have just experienced so many challenges that we know of Yeah, that it just, it makes this stuff tough. It, it's especially because like... I, I understand what she's doing in defending her father. I just, I, I, I think it's probably a struggle that, you know, the Judy J kids feel, which we'll see, I think, on the, you know, episode coming up. It just, it feels, it's like so sad to me that this is where we've, we've gone. But I know she has her voice. She can use it. Because it's not like, you know, a caddy frenemy housewives no. fight. It's deep. It's painful. It's emotional. It's there's a huge backstory there, which is why Jersey is it's very it's a delicate situation. And, you know, people are, again, very passionate on both sides. But what I thought about, too, just now was that I think the the only other correlation I can make between Gia would be like the kids of John and Kate plus eight. It wasn't even. Oh my God. Right. Yes. It wasn't even that detailed though. I feel like we see more with the real housewives. Okay. There's more episodes. There's more totally. years of it, but that was similar too, to where you see them dealing with some really serious family issues and then they get older and then they start talking about it on shows. Um, but yeah. Hey, quick question. So did you, you got out of the cab? You ran over, you saw Jen Garner. Did you talk to her? No, no, I didn't get out of the cab. You the just cab saw was, her. This is how, this is how psycho I am. The cab was whizzing past the park. And in that time I was like brunette, Jennifer Garner, and then Jennifer Garner turns around and I'm like, 
essentially looking at myself in this cab like oh yep it's jennifer garner and then off we went oh dang i I think she's one of the few like you know i used to live in la and there's a lot of people most people i would not say hi to i think i would make an effort to say hi to her like she seems like a real sweet lady she's (laughs) a real sweet lady she's got those virginia values she's from west virginia i know way too much about her i could recognize her mother like it's a lot that's wow that's amazing it's a lot I do want to shift a little bit because you know what else is a lot? What? Potomac. That reunion. It gives and it gives and it gives. Yes. It was given a lot. Tell me what you're thinking, what your reaction while watching. Well, a lot. I mean, I watched it last night. I recapped it in my stories. Probably still there. And I mean, first of all, everybody came ready to play. Karen was was with her sass from from the jump. I loved that she did the fake yawn. She had me rolling. Oh my God, I love the fake yawn. Ro- I, I was wiping tears. Um, so she she slays every single time for me. Like that's that's why I come to watch. Um, everybody's outfit looked great. The thing that I walked away with, the thought that I walked away with the most, was that they made an effort this season to show that front of me, possibly like mending fences when it came to Ashley and Candace. Remember they talked about mommyhood and I'm thinking about you mm-hmm. and I'm going to get energy out. Then they fought again with the Chris situation, but you thought, well, maybe it'll all get fixed at the reunion. No, nope. lots of, lots of anger, lots of heat there. Same thing with Mia and Wendy. Remember they had their lovely moment. Like I want to, it went from like, I really respect you as a woman to, I guess, later that night being like, I want to eat your box. Like they had a lot of stuff going on to where you thought maybe they would be friends now. And yet again, at the reunion, it was almost like none of that positivity ever happened for either two situations. Well, I do wonder if it's like a 90-10, like if 90% of your season and your relationship has been about conflict and the 10%, which might happen in the middle of that, at the end, after filming, is like really positive and worked, working toward like growth and connectiveness and maybe friendship. Like how is that 10% going to be at the forefront here when the reunion is really about covering the 90 mm. True. Yeah, but it was real. It was real heated, though. It was real heated. It also left me with so many questions. What were your questions? Well, Ashley's house. Oh, Lord. That whole situation, (laughs) that whole divorce situation. Wait a minute. Stop the clock. Because how is she not getting how is she not getting her due? She's not getting alimony and she doesn't know how much she's worth. Here's where I say to myself, I hope, I hope that she is just saying that for the world. So that's the story the world gets, but she actually does know down to the penny how much Michael is worth and what she is owed. It, I don't know that she hired a forensic accountant. That would have been really fucking smart. Hey Sutton, if know. you listen to this on the DL, just text. Hey Sutton. <laughs> Hey Sutton, dear Sutton, like please teach this woman your talent because Sutton found like sports teams. Sutton and, knew like, it all. I think some oil money. Sutton, Sutton, like, Sutton found the pennies in the couch. Sutton was on it. Sutton knew what the fuck was up. That's what. That's the energy knew. everybody needs to have when they're di- dividing assets. 
absolutely. And I think Ashley feels an obvious certain amount of pressure in like defending Michael as a dad because obviously he was really pissed about that scene. Oh, yeah. She needed to make him feel good. She sure did. That was obvious. And, you know, they're co-parenting and that's all fine and good. Like, good for them. Mm -hmm. That's great. But this whole prenup thing, like, I get because so much of prenups are strategic how you ask someone to sign them the way that they're like oh you're you know my lawyer is absolutely going to be your representative they have your best interest at heart or I'm going to have you sign this document 20 minutes before the ceremony starts like whatever it is I think sometimes people sign things because they assume it's never going to be utilized or they feel like this is the thing that I have to do because my love won't marry me otherwise, or you're just not thinking. Like there are a lot of reasons that people sign these documents without a proper vetting. Maybe they don't know what proper means and maybe they don't have access to someone who could do that job. Oh yeah, of course. But the thing that gives me pause is like at one of the times that Michael cheated, cause like there have been so many, so many. Like one of the, one of the times he cheated, I thought that a part of it was them renegotiating the term that's the not thing. only the, yeah. the window of of when of what kind of lumps lump sum she would get but when so i'm like what was the point of all of that that was a whole season that was a whole season of our lives right and how was she not aware of what the prenup actually meant then when they were doing that negotiation because i thought a whole part of that negotiation was making the terms better for her so what was the difference yeah i think it was around i can't remember how many seasons ago it was i'll have to go dig it up but they re-went they went over everything and it was like there that was they talked about their whole season was should i leave michael should i stay with him well there's mm-hmm. the prenup i'm gonna tell him that i'll stay with him even if i don't get a dime it's like okay well it's written to say this this and this if you make it to this many years and you have this kid i remember them going over these details so i just got to find the episode but I thought she was an informed person. So that's why it was weird to have the reunion come up. And then she says, I don't know what he's worth. It's not really working out for me. I'm not going to get alimony. It's, it's odd. Also, she seems to be saying that like the house was a part of the settlement. Like essentially I have the house instead of this lump sum, even though maybe I was hoping for both, but like, the house was purchased with an LLC, which yeah. can happen for privacy reasons. Maybe it can happen for tax reasons. But it sounds like it's their house, not necessarily her house. Sounds like it's their house. I would wonder whose name is on the deed. Probably both. I also just think like if she's paying the full mortgage of like $13,000 a month or whatever, like, babe, I I really hope, speaking of informing yourself, I really hope that you're fully informed of what this ownership actually means because, spoiler alert, I don't think this man has your best interests at heart. And also, he could rip up the prenup if he wanted. He could give you a lump sum if he wanted. He can do anything he wants. He could do anything he wants. The prenup is like, what is legally, what I'm legally responsible for. This man wanted to give you $5 million in cash because he knows you deserve it, I guess, for, you know, putting Mm -hmm. up with him. That's a lot of fucking work. 
and dragging you through the mud at points like and defending him she defended him staunchly for years through some real dicey stuff yeah and she continues to work his pr she continues to come on you know the reunion and say just one disclaimer he's a great dad and we're like okay thank you that's all right well good you check the box you made that statement um and then you know i don't think they ever really admitted to him doing anything in the hotel room it was like oh he fell asleep or something you know she she's done a good job she's been a good wife to him is what i would say Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible memorable experience. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really try truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Obvs. Introducing Home Threads where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. 
Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. Yeah, and... What has she gotten from that? Like, I I just like, I wonder for Ashley, there's a certain point, like think of Portia Williams when she filed for divorce or or actually I think it was Cordell that filed when she was Portia Stewart. Portia walked away with nothing because she wanted to be done. She was like, I do not want this man's money. I make a healthy income. I just want to be done with this. And you have the right to fight for what's deserve like you have a right to fight for what is the amount of money that's due to you that that is completely understandable and something that I would you know um if I was in Ashley's circle I I'm sure that I would be advocating as strongly as possible for getting a forensic accountant for investing the money and seeing how much money you can get from this and be done and I think maybe Ashley is like listen this isn't going to work out for me I just I need to focus on maybe the child support and maybe just moving on. I just don't know how you can move on when you're living in a a house this man bought. Yeah, that's that's the thing about it. And I'm sure, I mean, she said on the show, like, uh, the mortgage is 13000 a month. I can't afford that on my own. So that to me is, okay, well, he's helping her with the monthly and probably also the down payment, because that's no joke. Um, and then she said, oh, yeah, no, he said he would, you know, have a safety net for me if I ever need it. Well, that's crap. <laughs> if you're ever almost broke, if you're ever, ever almost destitute, I'll give you a little bit more to keep you going. But it's like, why don't you just set her up for success? Why don't you just take the stress off of her, let her go live on her own? So it's just power and control to me. But if she's into it, like she's got to be getting something out of it, right? Or else she'd be yelling and, and demanding something different. I don't know. I mean, I, she's obviously making a healthy income with housewives. So that's great. Like she can definitely, um, support herself. I just wonder, I just think it's, it's like such a weird situation. Honestly, they showed that little moment in the trailer and I thought it was going to be one of those things that Bravo does of like showing you this, but really the truth is that. And so the fact that it was just more information sort of, but the same ending here that like she got fucked it was surprising to me I honestly was like oh shit like this is really that bad Mm. yeah it's 
it's a it's tragic to me if she really doesn't um, get financial stability if she has to stress out in any way over paying her part of the mortgage or just dealing just the stress of dealing with someone when they have the money and power and you don't and maybe they get mad at you and they want you to say something on camera or maybe who knows just all of that for that to still be in her life um is is hard to watch yeah and the thing is like she's gonna have this man in her life for the rest of her life sure because of the kids yeah like i get why she wants to make sure he feels supported i get why she wants to make sure it's clear because you know she's keeping his name for her kids a lot of this she's doing for her kids mm-hmm. she wants her kids as we said like a diary looking back imagine being ashley in this scenario knowing the shit that's been said about her child her children's father which he is entirely responsible for it is because of his poor behavior that he has been spoke of spoken of in a poor way you can't say that about all the husbands that's true some of these husbands hashtag happy eddie have been seemingly like top-notch great guys who've still been dragged in the mud for fucking smiling like that's as bad as michael stoop city darby but i'm sure there's a pressure on ashley too when she's thinking about her kids growing up what is it that they're going to see how how is her you know ex-husband going to be spoken of through the lens of his children but, you know, also, my God, write her a fucking check, guy. You got a lot of cash, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a tough one. It's a real tough one. I hope she, you know, hope she's set up in a comfortable way and is not freaking out about it because I about choked when they said that, that she did it did not work in her favor, I think, is how she framed it. Speaking of things not necessarily working out in one's favor, this whole dynamic about Chris and Giselle and that text message. I mean, how dare, how dare Giselle and Robin make me side with Chris and Candace for a whole season. I'm owed compensation. Um, It's really annoying because he didn't do anything. And it's obvious. And it was on camera. He was just living his life. And I love that the producers keep showing the footage. They've showed that damn footage. Yeah, they needed times. to. Honestly, they needed to. That would have been really fucked up. It would have been. Had they not. Yeah. Even the editing on this, on the part one of the reunion was like, Giselle says something happened. Editors did not happen. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly did not happen. Really, the whole season is like Dakota Johnson talking to Ellen. Actually, it didn't happen that way, Ellen. Like the whole season. The Real Housewives of Potomac editors are giving Dakota. They are. Giselle saying that Chris took responsibility and admitted to wrongdoing because he essentially said, if you felt bad, I'm I'm sorry. He's rope and wind. For the situation. Whole season is Giselle rope and wind. That's all it is. She's got nothing. Rope and wind. Rope and wind. Not catching anything. Like a little little cowboy. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's a crying shame. I don't know what they're doing. They were sitting on a gold mine. And this is how you know they're not that smart. They were sitting on a gold mine. Robin could have talked about the hotel room. Robin could have talked about all this all season. It would have been amazing. Because they said she knew for like a whole year or something prior, right? That was the whole point. 
of her big secret yeah. coming out, she and Giselle could have been talking about this. They had plenty to talk about. They didn't have to make up these random things. Well, I don't think it's an example of how not smart they are. I think it's an example of how strategic they were. That well, they thought they not, were the, smarter, the but they The example of intelligence isn't going to be like, yeah, let's talk about how my husband is like fucking some lady at a hotel over there. Like, I think it would have been. Because then they get ahead I don't, of it. Now she just looks like an idiot. To me, I'm like, She was going to look like an idiot either way. <laughs> that doesn't save her on looking like a fucking idiot and it doesn't save Giselle who just looks like so fucking craft because Candace is Robin is proving Candace's point Robin what Candace is saying is Giselle is strategic in holding things what Robin has said (laughs) is Giselle strategically didn't talk about this stuff on camera because we're good friends aka she was holding on to what yeah. happened or what we like want to talk about maybe happened or like didn't. He's just a good guy with a credit card, <laughs> like Superman with an Amex. Honestly, you're sweet to think it was an Amex. I'm, I'm going to go something else to go Visa. I'm going Visa. As the proud owner of a Visa debit card with a credit score so low, it's underground. It is the real <laughs> oh lower level. God. OK, justice for those of us who don't have any credit. All this to say, it's it, it is an interesting example of like, um, what is it like? Bad press is still better than no press. Yeah, all press is good press. Not here. <laughs> it is I think I think Robin is learning that in a very very difficult. Well, fashion. okay. So here's what I mean by that: is that they could have combated their bad reputation for being fake and keeping things off camera if they had addressed what's oh, actually going sure. on in their lives. Yeah, if they were different people. Yeah. yeah. Oh, if yeah. They were different That's what people. I meant. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yes. If they yeah, had yeah, yeah. been lobotomized, but uh-huh. instead they held on to it to make a couple bucks, I guess. And I love that the producers were pissed about that and that they looked at a trash bag when they were like two weeks squirrel. earlier. A squirrel. A squirrel was a friend of, in Robin's admission, a squirrel and houses like pretty. It it all connected back to like the season long trailers of like, ooh, it's like, you know, old school 50s style kind of family comedy kind of, you know, picket fences stuff. And it's like, babe, like a squirrel knows that one fucked that lady from Canada. (laughs) Squirrel squirrel. Hashtag the squirrel now. Um, yeah, you could tell they were pissed. Like she waits until after the reunion and then says that on her podcast. And I gotta tell you the way that they open. I was shaken. I, I was so, so I was like, loudly. is this the show? Is it starting this way? We're doing a cold open. Loved it. I could, she could not be more heavily dragged. And yes. honestly, like they did such a good job. Cause I was so uncomfortable listening to the audio of them being like, maybe we should talk about it on Patreon. Everybody, let's go to our page. Like it really, it looks so much worse. Even knowing that that audio was obviously available, it really makes Robin, Yeah, knowing that we all knew this, it just connecting yeah. those dots in that way with those visuals to me compounded the like misery here of knowing how poorly they fucked this up. Yes. They could have waited until cameras were up. They made a strategic. Giselle wants to talk about Chris Bassett mm-hmm. waiting 15 minutes until after cameras mm-hmm. were down. What does it mean when you show the timetable 
of when that ep- when the reunion was filmed, when that episode aired and the fallout that they, regardless of what was going on on t- TikTok and being discussed, they strategically waited until cameras were down yep. in between seasons to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like talk about 15 minutes are up. Like Chris Bassett is not the one using cameras are down for a big explosive moment. Chris Bassett being like, I'm so sorry the doors were closed. Yeah. Is not the same thing as Juan fucking Miss Canada in a hotel room he paid for. Yeah. And those editors are pissed. They are pissed. I hope they're all pissed. And, you know, a a couple of people online, they're like, no, Robin has to stay, blah, blah, blah. I didn't really care if she stays or goes, but I... I do think that they either need to put into the contract or work somehow into the parameters of what's allowed and what's not allowed. You cannot ladies from Canada drop. No, you cannot like drop something, hide a huge part of your life and then drop it for charge online. Like we're paying you to show your life. That's what you're getting paid for through Bravo. So then to use Bravo as your vehicle to hold more secrets and go through Patreon, it's like a product, right? It's almost like Bethany selling, you know, a skinny margarita. Like we get a cut of that. We get a cut of your skinny margarita now. It's the Bethany clause. It's in all the contracts. So. Yeah, I think that a person could make the argument that like Juan and Robin or Robin or Juan, whomever, made the decision that this wouldn't come up on camera because they work through it or whatever else. And you can have conversations. It's usually after a person has gotten divorced of like, we made the decision because we wanted to, we don't want to talk about it. I think of like Ramona and Mario, like Mario was like stupid whomever and Ramona didn't want to talk about it. Question Andy, why are you asking me, you know? Uh, are we going to talk about your sex life? Yes. He had a great response. He said, when I, if I'm on the show, yeah. Robin isn't the first housewife in the history of housewives to not be the first to bring this up. The difference, however, is that she monetized the reveal, yeah. which you would argue most of these women do because that's the job they have is talking about this stuff at some point on camera. But she made the decision to fuck her employer yes. over, not literally, by doing this stuff on Patreon, which was just honestly a terrible strategic mistake. It was a very, very big error that makes all of us, or not all of us, that makes many of us question what we're watching. Yeah. We shouldn't be laughing when she's talking about, well, you know, married man shouldn't be with a woman in a hotel room alone or whatever. It's like, babe, like I almost lost it. I I almost passed out from just the shock of how how dare she. And she had to know at some point it was going to come out like I wouldn't get a wink of sleep if. My husband, who had already cheated on me once and we're trying to work things out, I found what? out whatever, you know what I'm saying? I was being nice. So okay. that I know, whatever, a lot of times. And Training wheels. I find okay. out through DM from some model or a beauty queen, whomever the nice woman was, we don't judge. If they told me, hey, your husband paid for a hotel room and we were there together, how did Robin sleep? That's going to come out. That's going to come out. She's going to talk to someone else. Someone at the hotel saw them like to hold it and to think that NBC and Bravo are not going to find out that you knew about it and that this this happened at this point. 
Like either say, I don't want to talk about it. And that means it's not going on camera, like the details of Ramona's divorce, too sensitive to me, whatever your reason, but you can't then hold it and go sell it somewhere else. And we're spending how much fucking time talking about the Victorian era of are you, are, are people able to be mm-hmm. of opposite sexes and in an enclosed space, and addressing in an yes. enclosed space, which like everyone is different. The circumstances are different. A person sure. is allowed to feel the way that they do. But we're talking about that. And Juan is fucking a woman from Canada in a hotel room in Potomac. And then we're now going to watch on part three. Robin say some shit about how this woman who is choosing to remain anonymous was like dating a Baltimore Ravens player or something, except she says she wasn't. And like she was trying to extort him, except she said she wasn't so we already know that the information that's coming is factually inaccurate or skewed yes or strategic like what's the point of this throw it in the trash i haven't even watched that yet i've got the link somewhere i need to go watch it of what the you know young woman says what went on and she did like a she did like a Mm -hmm. a, a speakerphone yes yeah yeah and you know go check that out but it's like if it doesn't match what robin is saying Robin, guess who we believe now? The lady from Canada. You, uh, Yeah, she has zero credibility. Robin has less than zero credibility with us. She's built that up over seasons. You lost it when you decided to remarry Juan. I'm sorry. Like, it's he's such a piece of shit. And, like, I know he's attractive. I just, I, you know, I'm more of, like, a Jonathan Schindler type. You know what I'm saying? Like, a Bobby Zarin, a PK even. Like, when it comes to physical attraction, when somebody starts to, it's like that movie, um, I can't remember anymore, but it's like, if you look at someone and you Cheaters? know. Cheaters? Is it the movie Cheaters? No, but if you know, know how awful okay. someone is and then you look at them, they start to look repulsive. That's how I feel about a lot of yeah. these husbands because we know we know kind of like their inner id. We've caught some stuff mm-hmm. on camera. Bravo mm-hmm. producers have shown us things. Um, and so for Juan, it's like, why are you Robin? And I, I'm sure she's doing it, you know, in her mind, like for the kids or whatever, or who knows, but this is over. We cannot hear about this anymore. We're never going to stop hearing about this. We're never going to stop. I can't. It's like you've kind of screwed yourself with next season because it's like, how can we go past this? Because this wedding happened that nobody attended. The editors added in an applause track, which was a moment. The flowers were nice. I like flowers. The whole purpose of it was nonsensical. It it like I thought that they were just going to get married on a like the getting married on a beach thing made sense to me. I understood it. But then having this huge it it looked like a big production. It looked like a big production. To have that aisle very expensive for her parents to be there. It like it literally didn't make sense to me. Their relationship doesn't make sense to me. It's not the first relationship. I'm confused, befuddled and hashtag concerned by because this man like I don't think wants to be married to this woman anymore and they're they've been newly wed for like an hour and a half it's not the first marriage that I find questionable when it comes to like how is this all going to work out but babe like they really fucked this she really fucked this up it's like I don't know. I, I I honestly have been pretty open about being just more confused about the Robin of it all. Maybe this is a delayed reaction that people smarter than me had immediately after. Because I really was like giving more of the benefit of the doubt here to like 
it just was it because it seems so ridiculous yeah. to do this. And just in watching it in the context of the reunion, I'm like, this is so fucked because we're giving so much space to so this situation. Much. And then yes. like, you know, there were cheaters in the Victorian era and there were cheaters now. And it just she just it's really it's it's a, a fucking mess. It is a mess. And with the wedding, what I thought to myself was they they took the time to tell us the name like we were going to go do it there. But then my friend, John Smith, mm. who's a local mm. event planner around here, said and I was like, OK, so this is a commercial for that person. And so for the flowers and the extravagance, oh, yeah, of course, stuff, of course, she did like a break. Oh, cool. No, I mean, like, I was I like, OK, that. well, that person showed us what they can do. And it's really beautiful. Um, would Robin have picked all of this? I don't know that Robin's taste matches that. I have no idea. Um, but yeah, they uh, Giselle and Robin, man, they they messed us up this season. They really filled a lot of a lot of space with nonsense. And the problem for Robin is like, I wasn't even thinking like with before this happened, I wasn't thinking there should be any major cast change. Like Mia, I don't know what to say about Mia. Like if she continues, she continues. I don't really just care. chaos, like, but I enjoy it. Right. Like she's she's chaos. I don't know if I. Yeah. I mean, she was it was a solid LOL um, inadvertent uh, at the reunion at, at parts. But, you know, like I wasn't thinking like there should be any major cast change. But now I'm like. Fuck, if I was Candace or if I was literally anybody but Giselle, and actually if I was Giselle, I would be thinking this needs to come up every 30 seconds because Robin's not the only one who looks like a fucking moron. A big part of this is Giselle. Yeah, it's both of them. And it really, it, it just, I'm not advocating any kind of cast change. I just also don't know how you can get past this. It's like, how do you film a single scene with Robin and Juan? How do you film any scene of Giselle saying anything about anyone else's family? How do you film any scene about any of these women interacting and having moments of conflict and or resolution when this entire situation is incredibly fucked mm -hmm. and completely unresolved? Candace and Chris can't get this time back. No. Like... It's just like, and I'm only talking honestly about even the reunion stuff, like let alone the rest of the season. Yeah. It just, they should, I wish that they, I don't know, you can't film a reunion again. It's literally impossible to do, but I wish that there was some sort of time allotted to like Candace after the fact, or I know Andy's going to speak on her behalf because he mentions that he had a conversation with Candace before the watch what happens um Mishigas that we'll see more of on part three I don't know I just it's it's really it's a sentence that is fully open-ended I I do think that they need to think about what the punishment will be for Robin because I think I mean they obviously knew what they were doing they're very calculated about it and I don't know if that's you take a break or if that's something else i have no idea i'm glad i'm not a producer on potomac but it's a shame it really is and it's embarrassing it's just like what were you doing like the there was no way that was ever going to work out did you think about like 10 20 steps down the line what that would look like or anything i mean i knew it would have an effect on the reunion it's just like these all of these moments coming together i was just honestly i was taken aback like Cause it really, I like, I don't know. I'm really coming to it, I guess a little bit later. 
because I understood the frustration. I just was like watching this like, oh, my God, this she really fucked this. She could have waited. She could have never discussed it. Mm -hmm. Just said like this person is lying if she wanted to continue to say that was the truth or she could have discussed it on camera. It was the reveal behind the paywall. And then telling Andy, oh, it wasn't really that. It's like, okay, except we're starting the reunion with exactly that. Yeah. It just was a really terrible decision. Awful. It really, it's like, you can't, I don't know that you can really argue that. Even if you're Team Robin and Team Giselle in life, this is I mean, we talk about layers here. I saw some people online being like, no, Robin's place is secure because Andy was so amused by her, you know, when they did their special and he was eating up everything she was saying. And, um, you know, she's definitely staying. He likes her. So I don't know. We'll see. I just think it's BS. And if if this turns into more of this horrible thing, that trend that we're seeing where everybody wants to charge a separate subscription for everything, like, I forget who the car maker is, but they're going to start charging you to turn your the heater on in your seats. You know? Yeah. yeah. Everything is going to be like, oh, you want that? One more dollar. You want that? One more dollar. So if the housewives start doing it, we all have to unify and revolt because we're not allowing this. We're not allowing them to not only hide stuff, which, okay, they all hide some stuff, but then try to charge on the side for the information and dodge it on the show. No. Honestly, if you want to charge for like some kind of tea or like this happened during filming or whatever, I really don't have a problem with that. What I have a problem with is like the upcharge invalidating the experience and the actual storyline and plot that we saw in Potomac. It's like, where do I, who do I ask for a refund? Yeah. You know, because it's like you have every right to, I think they should have the ability to have Patreons to monetize however they want and one person's shoe line is another person's branded content like you if you want to be an influencer or content creator on top of being a housewife like you do you but it should not come at the cost of the actual main content that we're watching exactly that is exactly that's tough that's the hard part especially if you're literally like saying one thing doing another pretending to be this on you know, camera judging everybody, yelling for truth, and then you hide things and talk about the details, you know, on your Patreon. Yeah. And the thing of it is, like, Robin wasn't at the forefront here when it came to the Chris stuff. She wasn't the one, she was not saying the things that Giselle was saying, but it just, that doesn't need to happen in order to understand or agree or at least listen to the perspective that this is really fucked up. Yeah. And it's also like, at the end of the day, she's still married to this man who, you know, if she wants to be married to him and believe him that he just, a random person apparently messaged him out of nowhere so since dumb. they'd never had a conversation before because are we going to get that information? And needed a hotel room for reasons that are unclear and he needed to drive to the hotel to give his credit card in this the year of our Lord mm-hmm. and Savior Sutton Strack 2023 yep. is no longer mandatory, unclear. It it's it's all very unclear. Robin's dumb, it's dumb. I honestly don't know. Like it's is it's a joke. It's just horrible. One thing too that I noticed about the reunion 
And I think I've noticed this before, but it just became so obvious with Candace is that, you know, she always goes for people's like physical appearances. And it just made me think about how with a lot of the housewives, the thing that they hyper focus on the most, like the digs that they want to make to me are like a window into their own insecurities or fears. And uh, yeah, I just kind of like went into a thought spiral (laughs) about that one because the way that they come for each other, uh, they all have their own, like their own, you know, spin on it. Yeah. Candace, I was rooting for her the entirety of the season. I was delighted by her, um, like the camera pans to her face and her reactions to things during almost the entirety of the reunion. She was incredibly important and a lot of her frustration about the way that Chris has been discussed and utilized on this season. I have complete empathy and I thought she um, handled herself quite well, but she can't help herself. She can't help herself. It's like an instinct to use a person's body or now at this point, like medical situation to shame them. And the thing that she is completely unwilling to recognize, either she doesn't have the emotional maturity or intelligence, emotional intelligence, she's incredibly smart. But what she doesn't seem to have like the emotional capacity for is the fact that you're affecting other people when you come for a specific person, whether it's body. It's like this fucking record is so old at this point. When you, you know, decide to fat shame, body shame, or in this case, uterus shame by bringing up Giselle's medical history in light of Candace minutes prior crying with joy and I'm sure other emotions too about the hardship and stress involved in getting her six embryos, a time in which a lot of us, I think, absolutely empathized with her. I haven't gone through that process. I don't see myself making the choice to have children, but I have absolute empathy and sympathy for someone, especially noting how stressful and upsetting and how personal that can be. And then I think of the way that Mia was talking about her concern about maybe having to have a hysterectomy mm-hmm. and her saying, I just don't want these parts of my womanhood. I, I don't want this in her words to be taken from me. And like, I empathize with her in saying that. And we're going to hear from Giselle more getting emotional about her challenges and the surgery and her kids' reactions. And for Candace to decide to use that, she could have said, like, you stupid bitch. She could have Mm -hmm. used her words. She has many. They're all very effective. It's that effectiveness that she tries to drive home by talking about a woman's dwindling uterus. I wonder how Candace is going to react when Giselle talks about the fear her children had when she was in surgery. Like, does Candace have the ability to connect those dots and say, wow, that thing that I was making fun of really affected her kids who weren't the people I obviously was trying to punish by using my words in making fun of her and her quote unquote dwindling uterus. But wow, it sounds like that situation was really challenging. 
Like, is she able to think about like, wow, the way that I revealed information about my journey to hopefully becoming a parent, how personal and important that is to me. I wonder if someone would make fun of my uterus or my reproductive organs, how I would feel as a result of that, how I would think of other people going through that process feeling like she's so smart and she almost has so many of us she just can't help herself and i she just refuses to understand the upset that people would feel as a result of it it's it's like it's just so fucking annoying yeah i mean it, she was right at the end she was so close she got so close um it just really is like how kids fight it's like you know being in middle school and knowing that like all bets. I get on that playground. You better watch out for that uterus. Yeah. Well, all bets are off. And I right? want to take my turn on the slide. And that's the, like, I think the lowest form of argument is using personal yeah. information that has nothing to do with what you're talking about, but that you know, or that you hope will crush someone if you bring it up in that moment. And what you're looking for is that like spark of just getting them, getting them as mad as you are. And so because you can't control your own emotion, you go for something that you think is like, you know, an, an easy way to enrage. Now, I mean, I remember the old days of, of Atlanta when they would say all kinds of stuff to each other, right? I remember at some point, I think it was Watch What Happens Live, Nini was on, they were showing like, guess who's you know, in the picture or whatever. And she's like, that's Kim with those fat knees, you know, and Nini would say stuff like that to Kim and Kim would say terrible things to Nini like, oh yeah, you got your old teeth fixed. But that, and tell me if you feel differently, to me felt like general roasting, general roasting, not like a targeted pattern of attack or, you know, it's, it felt like more light off the cuff it wasn't like she was going for a specific issue that kim had that she was hoping would bring kim uh, emotional distress she's just like doing a general meanness yeah i think that there is like that form of shade that you that just everyone has the right to their own opinion when karen and giselle yeah when they do that it's it's lighter it's it's lighter it's it's meant in jest. Yes. Honestly, the not today neck, not today ankles made me laugh. I thought that was entirely in jest. I didn't think that was a moment. I think more of like Teresa pointing to Caroline and saying like you have three roles, blubber, blubber, and more blubber as being horrifying. Yes, What Teresa has said about Margaret and sh- and the food stuff of like you can't the way that she, her body looked in leggings and that, that was awful. Feel, that was so awful. Yeah, and like, she won't miss a meal. Yeah. That was much more loaded. That was not a lighter moment regardless yeah. of what Teresa tried to say at that. Then, you know, corresponding reunion mm-hmm. like that to me is the comparison here because you look at that person's intent and you look at the way that they're trying to use stereotypes about a woman's body to her, her as opposed to like the shade that we see on a variety of franchises including lord knows orange county including lord knows beverly hills like it yeah. existed other places too it just so happens that this has been at the framework of candace's arsenal and it's so unfortunate because it does make me feel a little bit of like we were all rooting for you because you were almost mm-hmm. there 
but you can't help yourself. And a part of the can't help yourself <laughs> is an understanding that there is a very specific line and she knows that it exists. She refuses to take responsibility for crossing it. And then she gets upset at people who are on the other side saying like, you can say and do other things. There's a specific reason why fat shaming and body shaming is so harmful. Like you have no idea about that person's health history. You have no idea if they're struggling with an eating disorder. You have no idea what they've experienced. And I have no idea what Candace has experienced. It sounds like there is, it feels like something happened to Candace as happens to all of us that shaped the worldview of how I look at words and how I remember being hurt, what hurt me the most. Sometimes that's what another person will deploy. And who knows where that developed. We all have it to a certain extent with certain things. Like I give her a lot of empathy and grace, but I also think like this is a woman in full control who refuses to understand or appreciate the lines here. And it doesn't mean it's excusable for Giselle to cross lines by talking about stuff with Chris. Doesn't mean it's excusable for other cast members to cross lines with other things. But for a woman who seems very focused in her saying, don't change topics, Giselle, we need to cover what you're responsible for. I wish that Candace had that capacity as well. Mm -hmm. Like we're all hypocritical at the end of the day. We all behave and do things that are counter to our best interests or someone else's. It's just so unfortunate because we have conversations here about like Giselle's record, but she's not the only one with one. And Candace is a mess on Twitter, as she has acknowledged. I think she's gotten so much better. But the ways that she uses a woman's body as a way to, to try to shame her, make her feel bad, make light of a person's medical crisis mm -hmm. is, to me, undeniably unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, because she, she really, she just always goes low. She cuts as deep as she can cut no matter what the situation. So sometimes when it's not even necessary, she just deploys the full arsenal of anything you possibly could ever think to say that would hurt someone. And um, toning it back would be her friend, but I guess then she wouldn't be who she is. So the candy stands, I'm sure love it. Yeah, I mean, I don't I think like that a lot of the candy stands basset hounds ignore it or they try to say it's OK and yeah. it's acceptable. And some people might feel that way. A lot of people, you know, you can only go off of your experiences. And the point here is that I don't know that Candace has had the kind of experiences that would enable her to understand why fat shaming, for example, is can be life threatening to someone. Yeah. Can be incredibly harmful. And I wonder for a lot of these people who don't understand that form of addiction, which it can be for some people, you have no idea if a person of any size, what they are dealing with, if anything, you have literally no idea. So I have no idea what Candace has experienced. And it's not my responsibility to make that determination because I it would be irresponsible for me to. All of that being said, for 
Candace to go about using misinformed or old but incredibly effective ways to manipulate a person's body against themselves to say that like you are not enough you should be ashamed you should feel bad and knowing the consequences of that when it comes to addiction like I wonder maybe she would I wonder if she would say to someone who is struggling with drugs or alcohol that she would use that against them like maybe she would. This isn't me genuinely speaking ill of Candace. It's me saying like, I literally don't know because I don't know that we've had that as a part of a, a person's storyline on Potomac. But it's interesting the ways that we hold on to very old, ugly stereotypes and tropes about body shaming, about fat shaming, now apparently uterus dwindling shaming against someone and like the absolute refusal to acknowledge how to educate yourselves and listen to other people. It's like, she's so fucking smart. It's unfortunate that she's unwilling to learn in this way. It's just unfortunate. Yeah. I think she's bad. I think she's, she's gotten, I thought a lot better. Like it's just, it's, it's wounding to see her do shit like mm-hmm. that. It really? It sucks. Yeah. Cause I, you know, a lot of us people that I think try to not bring like a, a stan energy into it really felt like she got railroaded she and chris with this bogus storyline i still feel that i still truly am on her side with yeah this. you want to champion her and then she just acts so so badly that you're like oh god that's such a bad look i can't even be associated so i'm just backing out of this whole situation because you you're just taking it so so far um yeah And I was like, we started by talking about kids. I just would wonder being one of Giselle's daughters, seeing her say that, like knowing what's to come with the rest of the reunion when they talk about Giselle's surgery. I just think it's um, there's such a lack of appreciation for the ways that that words wound when that's literally the reason why she's saying these things. Yeah, it reminds me, too, of, you know, she was terrible to Ashley, like when Ashley was, I think, giving birth, like the day she was giving birth, she was tweeting awful awful things to her and you know maybe one day if and when she goes through that process there's some people who can empathize right and some people are not great at empathizing and for them the only solution is to go through it themselves right oh i i judge people who have student loan debt oh now i've had student loan debt now i see that you know the interest rates whatever so maybe she has to go through that and if she ever does have a child she'll be like i can't believe i did that to someone you know, on the day that they were experiencing this, I, with my own selfish wants and needs and whatever, put that on someone and they had to deal with that. And I distracted from that day. And maybe that would hit her and maybe it wouldn't. I don't know. Yeah. It's just interesting. Like the fact that we have to wait for her to potentially go through a process that is identical to one another person is experiencing, as opposed to just listening to them. You could save yourself some of that pain of just like listening like listening to people who are like, maybe don't do that. Housewives. You don't need to be that because it's that's unsustainable to be like, well, maybe that person will experience the very situation yeah. because how many experiences has she referenced? It's it, there aren't enough days in the calendar year for Candace to go through X, Y, Z, P, Q, E so that she could learn some stuff. She could also just listen. It's just unfortunate she doesn't have that capacity. She's also just enveloped in so much frustration here, which I empathize with. I still to this day, 
really am rooting for her and cheering her on with a lot of this and think she's doing a fantastic job of housewifery with a lot of this. And I really appreciate Chris's anger and frustration with a lot of this and think his voice matters here too. It's just so frustrating for me because she makes it so fucking hard and it's easier for other people to ignore it. And God bless them for that. I wish I was in that position. I wish I didn't have the kind of experiences that I have and deal with every minute of the day that make this so much more challenging. Mm. What an, what a privilege and like good for her and her whatever, you know, good for her and her whatever. <laughs> what a wordsmith. Put it on we a were going to talk about The Last of Us and we did not talk about it a single second. Your tagline was about The Last it of was. Us. It was. Which we, we did not talk about it for a single second. The show that you and I are. All right. Well, like let's talk about it for five seconds. seconds. What'd you think of last night? Um. I was so proud of myself, oddly enough, for not crying. I realized while crying, um, I could not be more obsessed with this show. I could not be more unnerved with this show. It's on HBO, guys. You will want to fuck Pedro Pascal for <laughs> the rest of your life, however long that is, if there is a zombie apocalypse <sighs> looming. Spoiler alert, I don't know how I feel about mushrooms at this point. I think I am giving them a fair amount of side eye as well as like temperature rising. I don't understand science. I do know the science of love. And Pedro Pascal, if you are listening, I know you're in New York City right now because I now stalk all of your fan Instagram accounts. Um, I think you should stop by. He's in Lisbon. <laughs> Is he? He was in New York. He was with his sister on the subway. Someone took a photo of it. No, him. because I have to, because my TikTok is so full of the edits now from sharing them as a joke. And now it's all I get. And trust me, like you can't, I don't think you could watch anyone's video edits and have, have the world tell you so many details about someone's life and paint them in an amazing way and not start to like feel the crush vibes. I think if somebody made a video like that about like my mailman, I'd be like, wow. Hey, mailman, you sound amazing. He's just getting such good, glowing press, which is deserved, seemingly, until I got, I mean, at this point, tell me something bad about him so it can be over, right? The bad thing is that he's not mine. That is the worst (laughs) thing that you can say to him. And that is a crushingly negative review. The fact that he and I have not met yet mm. in the because I here's the problem here with Pedro Pascal right now is that it it does appear that there are many people obsessed with him who do feel as I do that like everyone feels that me. way everyone online feels like I just everyone says everyone online is like you know he's the, I just need to meet him and then we're meant to be he's everyone's soulmate online right now see the problem is like as much as guys, I really encourage you to watch The Last of Us knowing it's scary AF. It's very dramatic. It's very sad. Be, it's very upsetting. It's very sad. It's very upsetting. You will cry forever. You you'll must cry forever. Watch. It is it is a mandate that you watch this fucking show. It's so good. And it is an audience event. Oh my God. I I I I we talked about um I mean we we you and I have had many conversations about The Last of Us. I there is it's very sad. There's a lot there. It's very, very sad. I have 
hysteric. Like it's just very fucking sad. I cannot get it. You know of it. what the I, funny part is I, too I is that enough. somebody called it "This Is Us." <laughs> by mistake. I called it "This Is Us." I keep fucking it up. Yeah, I think my husband said that, and I said, "Well, I didn't watch This Is Us because all I knew about that show was that it made you cry really hard, and I did not want to cry really hard. So I probably would not have watched." The Last Joke's of Us. If somebody had said, "Oh, I know this show is going to destroy you, and you're never going to stop thinking about Sam, and your whole life is just going to be overtaken with these devastating storylines," so sad. I could not more highly encourage that people watch The Last of Us, and I couldn't more highly encourage that all of you guys out there in the internet stop talking about Pedro Pascal. If it has to end, this has to end in a month. It has to end. We need to get what's it called in the internet webs with the stuff. You need to get your like fucking so that people can see your shit more, your metrics or whatever, whatever. I'm a genius. You need to do that so that mine will rise to the, the cream is rising to the top. You need to allow my cream. <laughs> you need to allow me to rise to the top. Okay. All I want for my birthday is to fall madly in love with Pedro Pascal, which would unfortunately require Pedro Pascal, who apparently is in Lisbon. I cannot currently afford to visit. Yeah. People just post about him all day long. So I open any social media app and it's like, like where in the world is Pedro Pascal and what is he doing? Um, yeah. Just talk yourself out of it. The best way to talk yourself out of it. Any crush. Why would I do that? Okay. All right. Then stay Why? in it. Never mind. Forget I said anything. Enjoy. What, what's the, what's the, okay. Happy Valentine's. What's the thing that you would say to do that? I absolutely will do the Just play it out. I... Just go, go logical with it. Like, okay, you're together. Now what? Right. Now he's going to like, we're not doing cognitive behavioral therapy <laughs> over Pedro, I want to fuck you with my heart. Pascal, okay. the thing I want to do the least of anything is to talk out how this could not be realistic. I'm holding on to this with every fiber of All my right. life. We won't go there. If route. we want to talk about zombie attacks, which you and I both know I would not survive, we could have that conversation. Okay, well, then you don't have to worry about the fungus because we have complex immune systems and that would not happen to us. But other horrible things probably will, but not the fungus. Well, I don't know. I had that whole, everybody's getting this fucking stomach bug and I had it this weekend and it was a mess. So I really don't think my tongue could survive a bad yeah. mushroom. Yeah, I know you. nobody's could. Mushrooms are, are horrifying. I'm very obsessed. The last couple of years, I've been trying to find... Um, a classic a go-to where you just go forage mushrooms and they tell you between like the ones you can eat, the ones that are deadly, the ones that are psychedelic, all of it. I'm fascinated because mushrooms are like us. They breathe oxygen and they, <laughs> they secrete CO2. They're not like a plant where a plant breathes in the CO2 and secretes oxygen. Mushrooms are, they're really interesting. The vocal inflection of mushrooms are just like us. <laughs> they are, though, in horrifying ways. Might be my new ringtone. Um, well, yeah, I don't need a mushroom to be a person. I don't even need people to be people, frankly, at the end of the day. Happy President's the Day. The mushroom people scare me a lot. The mushroom people scare me a lot when they chase people in the show. I really wouldn't survive it. I, I really wouldn't make it through. I just, you know what I actually watched last night? Do you know I couldn't go to sleep until four o'clock in the morning because I was like, I know, I know, 
because I was like really kind of out of it after The Last of Us. And I was just kind of thinking a lot of thoughts and feels. And the ending of the episode had me in my thoughts and feels. Well, let's talk about that in a second. For next week. But tell me what you watched first. Guys, this is when you stop. Goodbye. We'll, we'll talk to you next episode if you don't want to hear about The Last of Us. I love you Because we're going to so talk much. about it. We're going to talk about the end of The join Last the, of Us. Join the Andy's Girls <laughs> Patreon. Patreon. I'm going to criticize a lot of stuff that happened. I do want to go over the very last scene of The Last of Us. So but what did you watch last night to sleep? I watched War of the Worlds. The original? Which is when... Oh, no, the Tom Cruise. The Tom Cruise. Also known as my original. And I thought to myself, what would you prefer? Not even what would you survive. What would you prefer? Aliens or zombies? Me personally? Yeah, because I couldn't come up with an answer. Oh, t- I think I'm fucked either. Oh, what totally aliens. Totally aliens. And I could right. go, I could go, I could talk about this for four episodes of why I would prefer aliens over zombies, but I'm just gonna say aliens. One, okay, let's start it. It would unite yeah, humanity. <laughs> One, it would unite it would humanity. What? Unite humanity. We're all coming no, together. No, it wouldn't. We would all die because we would all be like, that's not an alien. That's a, I don't know. It would be some kind of fucking well, political then go back thing. And We'd be put like, an asterisk. that's not real. No, go back, put an asterisk and say, indisputed aliens. I would rather take indisputed aliens over, over zombies. Yeah, well, I mean, you fucked yourself there because that's just not realistic to have. Okay, then what like, about we're... they're not a zombie. She's just grumpy and hasn't eaten in a while. Like, are we going <laughs> to argue that? She's just chomping on her neighbor on 2nd Avenue. That's just what we do during the do. day. Have you not been to she New York City? She said, don't step to me. <laughs> she said, I thought this was an express bus. Driver, come here. Let me have a little bit of that. I mean, not today neck, not today ankles. I'm going to chomp on there them. You go. I'm going to turn you into somebody else. There you You're go. going to be in a different place than all right well let me talk about quickly the end of the episode i have to yeah okay this is a spoiler guys again we will see you soon patreon.com slash candies girls okay yeah was i upset yes i was upset but i was more angry than i was upset because the first rule when you're stabbed or impaled is you don't pull it out unless you have a way to pack it and treat it and so that he reached down and put, I said, hell no. I said, no, the Joel Miller I know would never reach down and pull out an object, a shiv essentially. Mm. And you don't have a way to pack. You got to get on a horse, Joel, leave it on. Like, and then he's just bleeding out with every clomp clomp they're taking. He's just bleeding out. I was so pissed. On a show about zombies, this was Couldn't the most unrealistic sad. part. It was the yeah. most, you know, he is a uh, uh, he was maybe in shock, as happens when you feel like you have to ride a horse again, and he maybe just thought, "What's that?" Maybe he didn't know how long it was, and he just wanted to figure that. Out. Maybe he thought, "Wow, I just taught her how to shoot a gun. Maybe she's a doctor now too." Mm-mm. It's all bad. And I don't like this, you know, whole era of leaving us hanging. Like we're watching Batman and it's like the 1960s. And they're like, next week, kids. And I'm like, no, do not leave me with Joel bleeding out in the snow and a young, like, teenager crying and not knowing what the heck's going to happen. And these marauders are following them. Like, I don't need this in my life. The world is stressful enough. I just, again, you know what I think could cure him? I know what you think could cure him. If the actor playing him um, <laughs> called me. <laughs> I've watched so many pages. I like the love. There's it's a just, lot out there. There's a lot out there at 
three whatever after I was done with War of the Worlds, I started watching clips of The Mandalorian, which I don't know what. Oh, no, it's perfect. I don't know what any of this stuff is. I watched the Baby Yoda or yeah. group or whatever its name is. Some clips. That's all anyone knew before this, before the before the, the Pedro Pascal edits hit. All I knew was there's some show with Baby Yoda and a dude that wears a helmet that looks cool. I had no and I would idea like that he helmet. was in it. I had no idea. I, I mean, I knew that he about. was in it, but I didn't know I that no he was in it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah Totally yeah. different. Yeah. No, because he uses a, a sassy little voice in that. So. Well, speaking of sass, I'd like to show him some of mine. So, Pedro, everyone would. The whole world, male and female, are going to be crab walking towards Pedro Pascal for probably the next two, three years. Here's what I'm thinking. Huh. Here's the the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon, the seven degrees of Sarah. Um, Let's plan it out. Mad Love. What's it's, your plan? You don't even need seven. Sarah Paulson, Bravo fan. Sarah Paulson, best friends of like 20, 30 years with Pedro Pascal, probably 20, 25 plus. I'm sure no one else is thinking that and trying to be Nobody her best friend. Right you guys, if you use this, if you use this map to my heart, you're going to get fucked and not in the way that Pedro is. He's like, why am I so popular right now? What I do is I book Sarah Paulson on Andy's Girls because she watches at least some of the Housewives. This will be very easy to do. I'll probably do it later today. So okay. easy. I'm just going to call up Sarah Paulson, which so I actually easy. think I could have access to through some theater channels that I would never use because I would look like a psycho. But I will call her and be like, Sarah, what's up? So great to hear from you. Um, I haven't watched a single one of those Ryan Murphy shows, but I'm so happy to hear that you're doing well. Um, let's talk about Housewives. You know, it's a great, my favorite franchise is the one called Sarah and Pedro Pascal. Um, I do. And we can use the wedding setup from Robin and Juan's wedding because there should be a successful marriage that takes place. And since Robin and Juan aren't the ones to do it, me and Pedro, me and PP, mm -hmm. SG and PP forever, little heart, I'm into it. And she comes on the podcast, she realizes how adorable I am and wonderful i got the clothes here he could stay here during his off time from shooting the show that i would also accompany him on because you would have to then provide 24-hour security do you know the number of people sliding into his dms and i know he's an angel but do you know how many people it would be tough. i i it cannot tough. even fathom can't even fathom yeah pedro again if you're listening um i don't uh, he, is, he loves <laughs> niche housewives content um and i'm sure he will leave pedro pascal if you could just leave me a five-star itunes review um straight to my heart and that would be reviews, solid that would be incredible i'm losing sleep okay over my love for him um well that was our review of the last of us you gotta watch it um don't i know it's a great show it's a great show it's out of your body or whatever um and uh, it's, just, it's wildly shocking that it's a it's a video game. I don't I know Duck Hunt. I don't know anything Same. that follows I it. talked about Duck Hunt last night because I'm working on um, working on some material. And I was like, you know, they just there. We didn't need a backstory back in the day. Like for like for Tetris, it wasn't like the man who oh, made these Tetris. bricks. You know what Tetris. I'm saying? I didn't I we didn't. There was no emotional damage on top of the stress of playing the game. So maybe to there should that, have been. Maybe there should have been. Maybe there should have been. But this is wild to see that this is how video games work now. That it's this insanely emotional story going on 
and then you're also, you know, pew pew shooting your zombies or whatever you're doing. I don't even understand. This is how dumb I am. It's like I understand because it has been expressed to me that this was a video game. I just thought it meant like they watch a video game TV show. Like it does not. I don't even I never until this moment understood that they were probably like fighting zombies during the that didn't even occur to me. Yeah. I just thought they just controlling. You're controlling. And then every now and then it does not make sense. No, this does not. This is not a video game. And then two characters have a conversation. Mm -hmm. While you're like still waiting, like, okay, I'm ready to go to the next world. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's I'm a whole the thing. Oldest person in the entirety of the world. Don't tell Candace. She'll use it against me. No, I'm older <laughs> than you are. And I I remember it did not used to be this way. And so it's really interesting to me that the turn that video games have taken to where they're meshing like movies and plots and, and storylines with a video game. It to this degree, to this degree, where these characters are unreal. They're so good. I have to say, shout out to HBO. I have been an HBO bitch since I was a little child. Oh, who child. isn't? Me too. Sunday night, they own the my big ass HBO thing so come hard. up. Oh my god, with the fucking balls and shit, yes. where it was like forming HBO. I have so much. I honestly, if I'm being a hundred percent honest, I have more pure love in my heart for HBO than I do Bravo. It is a pure oh, without a love. doubt. A pure love, a pure, I could talk about, I mean, like, you know, I don't think I was doing AG when like the night of was a show on, but like there are certain limited series that just, they're documentaries, their documentaries are so Oh my God. With the, the diet church with the hair, Glenn or Glenn, whatever her fucking name is that one, Gwen, Mm -hmm. whatever. Incredible. Uh, low country. The Murdaugh, I don't know. Low Country. They did a great job. They did a great job with that. They do a great job with everything. If it's HBO, you know they're going to do a great job. Yes. Scientology one. Shout out to Tom Cruise um, and his cult. See you. Lot lot going on. Listen, we've talked for 800 hours. I'm so glad that we talked about The Last of Us. Thanks to um, the people who decided to listen to the end of this episode after I repeatedly said, Stop listening. There's five. Um, To the five people remaining, can you tell us how to follow you on social? If you got any deep dives coming, what we can look forward to? I do. I'm always working on on some. What I'm into right now is like the whole world of crooked lawyers. Because, you know, a lawyer, you just trust them. But the Tom Girardi uh, scandal just shined a light on how really horrifying a lawyer can be. So I'm just looking into a bunch of stuff like that right now. Um, I do have another Girardi part two coming out for the YouTube. I am there and I am on Twitter. I never tweet. I'm on TikTok. I'm a lurker, as we know. And uh, I'm on Instagram where I make it a means. You know what I haven't read yet, but I've heard about, but I haven't read it yet. That LA Times piece that just came out about. Oh, good. America watch. Just watch Twitter. my highlight. Watch my highlight. Okay, save I need to watch your time. highlight. I will save myself some time. And it's they took down the paywall because I think enough of us complained that like, why are you making this so hard? Yeah. Um, because we need to support journalism, I think would be the answer that they would say. But um, yeah, I will need to go to your I will go to your highlight ASAP. I yeah, it. check it out. It's it's a wild story. Tell me after you read it. Okay, I will. Um, guys, join the AG Patreon. I talked about it 800 times. Number one way to support this sassy little social experiment. And if my husband Fucks a woman from Canada. You better believe I'm only going to tell the Patreon supporters about whatever cover up 
uh, will take place immediately following. Pedro wouldn't do that, I don't think. Pedro would never do that. Even though The Last of Us does film in Canada, um, he would never, he would never do that to me because I am his one true love. And I know that he knows that and I know that. Um, we just need to meet or he could listen to an episode of Andy's Girls and fall mad. I've heard that all the time. People are like, oh, my God, your personality. <laughs> <laughs> it's in no way annoying um, is what he'll hear. And um, I do, Pedro. I do. And I do to all of you for following me on Instagram at Dame Galley. Listen, BBDB, BBDB. You got it. Okay. Thank you. I got it. Super smart. Um, I don't know if I would survive aliens or I also almost call them goblins, zombies, but I do know that I could continue having these episodes about our own survival of certain moments of housewives and how to make it through with you forever, forever and ever. Amen. Same Same Zs. All right, guys, this was a 1700 hour episode. I want to thank the three of you still listening. Um, I know that you are watching The Last of Us, and I love that about you, and I appreciate that. And um, to everybody out there going through their own HBO Sunday Night Journey, we see you, we see each other. And on that note, we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.